0: few of us would bat an eye at the idea that the cross is a place of conversion. For a lot of us, it might have been the place where we had our life changed, where we powerfully met Jesus by standing at the foot of his cross. We sing songs about it. We read scripture confirming that we've had our debts paid by what was done for us on the cross, that we've been converted from ones who didn't know God, who are far from God, to those who have been brought near and joined with Christ's work on the cross. But for many Christians like me, our conversion at the cross can sometimes drift into some sort of one-time, once-and-for-all affair. We embrace the cross and then we look away. We embrace the cross and we look away. Like, This is kind of proven for us by our iconography and our art that has a bunch of empty crosses all around us. We don't like to look at Jesus on the cross. We'd rather look for resurrection. We'd rather look towards heaven. Maybe even we'll reavert our gazes back to ourselves, to earth, to our responsibilities, our hopes, our dreams, our fears, our ideas about how things work and who's in charge. But we still call this a conversion but the cross is never embraced. <laughs> that It was always to be reviled. If, if, if we're not first grossed out by the cross, we have no business embracing the cross. The cross is nowhere for a human being to be, let alone a messiah, and the messiah was the most human one being dehumanized on a cross. That's the whole point of a cross. It's inhumane. It's shameful. There was, by the second century in Rome, there was uh, graffiti that we still have access to and it had a picture of how inhumane this. And the inscription says, this is Alexamonas worshiping his God because, of course, no God worth being called God could be on a cross. It was to be mocked. The cross is foolishness. And man, do we have the luxury of looking beyond or looking away from the cross. We've, we've become so accustomed to that we've maybe forgotten the shame and the snarl of the cross. And maybe you've heard a pastor or someone talk about trying to make an analogy, try to make a metaphor for us that the cross is like some sort of ancient electric chair, and you've almost gotten it right there. The cross is a place for an execution. But the cross does not even give that option of that kind of crude privacy or the person being executed a choice for a hood. The cross, the whole purpose is to be seen, to serve as a warning. The whole point of the cross is to publicly dis- expose and demean, to bully and dehumanize, to intimidate and humiliate. If you, if, you want, if you want more on this, read back through the scriptures and always pay attention to Jesus' face in the scripture. Because the face often bears our deepest shame and humiliation and the face was exactly where Jesus was most demeaned, either spitting in his face, pulling his beard. The, the face was accented, especially in, the, in our call to worship from Isaiah, the end of 52, says of the suffering servant of the story. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being, his form was so marred from human likeness. And then it goes on in the next chapter. He had no beauty or majesty to attract him to us. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. We held him in low esteem. We look away at Jesus, even as he was lifted up for all to see, even as he was a victim of sin's efforts to make the image of God into a heap of death, we look away. When it comes to that, I think, of that God awful scene from a few years back in Wyoming when a passerby found an abused body of a man named Matthew Shepard who had been beaten, drugged, exposed to near freezing temperatures and tied to a fence. The cyclists that passed by who found him thought that he was a scarecrow, certainly, certainly no human being. This is the cross shape of our savior. There's no romance here, no sentimentality. So perhaps a better analogy than the cross for for us and for our times comes from our calamitous recent history in the American South. James Cone says, like the lynching tree in America, the cross in a time of Jesus was the most barbaric form of execution and utmost cruelty. The absolute opposite of human value systems we must not look away. And we don't look away because we want to be fascinated or entertained, but because Jesus is saving the world by suffering. And we need to open ourselves up to that salvation. So this Good Friday and on into what we call Holy Saturday, this dark, deep period of death, in the silence of God. I invite you to experience a true conversion at the cross. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the 1,000th in first time. Part of this conversion comes from the scene of divine suffering and you need to see it anew. I need to see it anew and we need to be scandalized by the length that God would go to in Jesus to enter into sin, suffering, and death. And when I say sin, I don't mean just an accumulation of like misdeeds or missteps, but I mean a power that has a death grip on the whole human race. Jesus enters into sin and death and unravels it from the inside to renew a creation that groans for redemption. And so the cross reminds us that this doesn't happen in painless or abstract ways, but in Jesus' body, the body that will come forward and receive to give us life. That the truest human who ever existed was dehumanized in such a way that should completely reconfigure the categories that we have for what matters and how the kingdom of God works, where the kingdom of God is breaking in, and through whom that will happen. To be converted at the cross means to join Jesus in absorbing, in refusing to recycle, and recirculate the shame and isolation and violence of this world. And this conversion can happen. It can happen because the world... Has ended. At the cross, the world ended, and now something new must start. We mustn't leave here tonight without experiencing the beginning of something new. That we must dive headlong into this world of risk and suffering and somehow find God there, God's presence in those places of deep abandonment and anxiety shame places we would hide our face from and wouldn't look directly at and then we can offer that presence to those who are in the middle of feeling some of these things not with quick fixes or cheap grace but with an abiding confidence with a deep focus that the cross of suffering is also the salvation of the world that is our good news So even if you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, the sight of Jesus on the cross is more than capable of reforming and reframing everything we still think we may know about the world. By responding to the crucified Christ's outstretched arms that embrace this world, we are embraced. He embraces those who shun him, us, and we fix our eyes on Jesus. We don't look away. We fix our eyes that we might have more and lasting and deeper conversion, a conversion of our imaginations, that we would be converted to look at swords and see plowshares. Like we look and we we look at swords and we junk and hammer these instruments of violence that cause suffering into implements of peace that cause flourishing. We'd be converted to look at ashes of mourning and see the possibility for oil of gladness. We'd be converted to look at the least, the last, the lost, the littlest, those closest to death and see those who are called blessed, those who lead us into the kingdom. We'll be converted to look at a dying man on a cross and see the only sort of way to live in this world that does not honor goodness or righteousness, but kills it. And we'll follow him. We'll be converted to join with Christ, to take up our cross, to take up his cross, and to follow him in the way of suffering, in the places of deep pain, through the darkest valleys of sin's Grip and its thrall, and will seek renewal at the cross. Will you pray with me? Father, let us fix our eyes on this crucified Jesus who authors something new, who perfects some kind of new faith, some kind of conversion for us at the cross took on that cross he ignored its shame and he brought about new life even as he seated at the right hand of the Father we pray that our imaginations might be renewed that our hearts might be open that our hands and our eyes and our ears might perceive and get to work with you in this world that you so loved. We pray all this in the name of Jesus on the cross. Amen.